You schedule a mammogram at 40 and a colonoscopy at age 50. But when do you see a kidney specialist, also known as a nephrologist? Kidney disease, unlike many other diseases, doesn't have any symptoms, especially early in the disease process. That's Dr. Tipu Puri, a nephrologist at UChicago Medicine. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, Director of Marketing and Communications at the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. I'm your host on this edition of The Journey Continues. 90% of the estimated 37 million Americans living with chronic kidney disease are unaware they even have it. So why is it kidney disease on the average person's medical checklist? Our guest is Dr. Tipu Puri. Can you tell me what a nephrologist does? A nephrologist is a specialized branch of internal medicine, specifically takes care of patients with kidney disease. Why did you choose to go into this field? It sounds like sort of niche. I started out wanting to be a general internal medicine doctor. And then during training, many of us will develop some interest in a particular organ or particular diseases. For me, it was kidney disease. Then I decided to extend my training by doing a fellowship in nephrology so that I could take care specifically of patients with kidney problems. What about kidney disease interested you? So I started out as a scientist, worked in a lab. My plan was to research disease, and I got interested in in researching kidney disease for a variety of reasons. The biggest one was probably that there wasn't a lot of research going on in kidney disease, and there still needs to be more. Also, mentors that I worked with in residency, patients that I cared for during residency training, all of those things came together to pique my interest in becoming a nephrologist. Interesting. So how do patients end up in your office? Is it something that they just wind up there by accident? Is this an appointment that everyone should schedule to see a nephrologist? So most patients end up in my office because they've been referred to see me by their primary care doctor who is seeing something concerning on blood tests or urine tests. Some patients end up in my office because they themselves now can look at their blood tests and urine tests and and sometimes things are flagged as abnormal and they might ask, well, why is that abnormal? And uh, sometimes patients end up coming to see me as a result of their own observations. What are some of those observations? Like what would someone notice that would maybe tip them off that they might have a kidney issue? Yeah, so this is probably one of the biggest challenges in kidney disease is that kidney disease, unlike many other diseases, doesn't have any symptoms, especially early in the disease process. There's no pain. People don't feel short of breath. People don't experience problems urinating. So really the only way to detect kidney disease early is by doing blood tests and urine tests, and specifically in people with risk factors for kidney disease, and we can get into those. But those blood tests and urine tests might indicate that someone's kidneys are not working the way they should, and that would prompt sending someone to see a kidney specialist. So yeah, what you mentioned the risk factors. What are some of those risk factors? So the biggest risk factors for kidney disease would be a history of having diabetes. Diabetes is the number one cause of kidney damage and kidney disease. Second would be a history of having high blood pressure. High blood pressure is number two on that list. 
a family history of kidney disease would be a reason to have your kidneys checked. Some people, based on their age, should have their kidneys checked. And, um, and then other things like a history of smoking, other health problems, perhaps a history of cancer, a history of weight problems, those things might warrant a blood and urine test to check on your kidneys. Are these kidney tests, the blood and urine test, are those things that are routinely done when you go in for like an annual physical, when you go in to see your doctor on a yearly or bi-yearly basis? Not always. Some of it depends on your age. Early on, when you go and get a routine physical, you might not have any blood tests done. But depending on if you have some of those risk factors, your annual checkup or your visits with your primary care doctor should include a very standard blood test, which would pick up kidney disease, and a very standard urine test, which could even be done in the doctor's office itself to pick up potential kidney problems. Anyone with diabetes or high blood pressure should be getting a blood and urine test to check on their kidneys at least once a year. That was going to be my next question is how often these tests should be done, but it sounds like annually if you're if you fall into those risk factor categories. For screening, I mean, once it's identified that you might have a kidney problem, it might need to be done more often. But just in terms of, of screening someone with risk factors, my recommendation would be once a year. What do those tests look for specifically? Like what are they looking at going up or down? Yeah, great question. On the blood test, what we measure or what we look at is a, a test called creatinine. Creatinine is a chemical in the blood that we can measure. It's actually a waste product produced by the body. It's what's left over after our, our bodies burn energy, our, our muscles in particular. And creatinine is something that is useless to the body. And so our bodies are very efficient. They want to get rid of it. They want to get rid of anything that's useless. And the kidney's job is to filter or clean out the creatinine from our blood and dispose of it in the urine. So when creatinine levels in the blood start to go up, that can be a sign that the, our kidneys are not cleaning or filtering the blood as well. So we look at creatinine. We can take creatinine and use a calculation to get a sense of how well someone's kidneys are filtering. And sometimes we can express that as what percent someone's kidneys are working. And patients might see that on a blood test report as something called a glomerular filtration rate, or GFR for short. That term filtration basically in the middle of that big long term is, is really what it is. It's, it's a, an estimate of how well someone's kidneys are filtering, but it comes from measuring that creatinine number in the blood. All right. That's good to know. In the urine, we're basically looking to see, is someone have blood or protein in their urine? And with a normal kidney, we would expect there to be no blood and no protein leaking in the urine. If there is on a very simple screening test, that would suggest that we need to do some additional tests to figure out why it's there. Okay. Now, it's not always bad reasons that those things are there. It just needs to be followed up on. So is kidney health something that everyone should be concerned about or just the folks in those risk factor categories? Probably mostly the folks in those risk factor categories, but it affects so much of the population. One out of every three adults has these risk factors. It's worth thinking about. I, I think the people that need to be screened routinely are patients with, with risk factors. 
but we all have family members, friends that have these risk factors. So I think the more, you know, we as a whole know about kidney disease, the better off uh, everyone is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So with one in three people being at risk, why do you think so many folks end up finding out about their kidney disease when it's in later stages, as you mentioned earlier? So I think that there's uh, several reasons for that. One is what I've already mentioned, that there aren't any symptoms of Mm -hmm. kidney disease. People don't develop symptoms of kidney disease until they're getting close to kidney failure. Our kidneys are remarkable organs, and they keep working and keeping us feeling okay right down until they're under 20, under 15% function. Most people don't have symptoms of kidney disease until very close to needing a kidney transplant or needing to go on dialysis. That's a big part of it. Um, You need to do a blood test and a urine test to detect it. I think the other reason is that the tests themselves are a little complicated because a level of creatinine, for example, can mean different things in different people. Most labs will report what is considered to be a normal range of creatinine, but creatinine is a little funny that you can have a creatinine that the lab says in a normal ra- is in a normal range, but actually isn't normal for you. And okay. so this is something that needs to be looked at kind of over time. And it's really important that we use that creatinine to estimate how well someone's kidney is working, because it can depend on whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're older or younger, whether you're more muscular or less muscular. So there's lots of things that can affect your creatinine level. Um, And that can make it a little more complicated to detect kidney disease. Yeah. So for folks who are maybe in those risk factor categories, they need to have their creatinine or have the blood and urine tests done at least once a year. Are those things all handled by their primary care physician or should they be seeing a nephrologist if they fall into those risk categories? For most people, this should start with your primary care doctor. You know, the nature of most kidney disease is that it is a result of diabetes or high blood pressure. That's something that primary care doctors are expert at taking care of. And a lot of the ways to protect someone's kidneys if they are experiencing kidney damage is really focused on getting diabetes or getting high blood pressure under better control. So all of this should start with a primary care doctor. At some point, a primary care doctor would refer you to see a kidney specialist. And that could be for several reasons. One, there's a little bit of confusion or concern about what actually is causing the kidney disease that they're seeing on blood tests. Mm -hmm. And so a kidney doctor might be doing some additional evaluation to figure out, is this just from diabetes or high blood pressure, or is it from something else? And then even though people don't have symptoms, our kidneys do a lot of things for us. So there can be effects of kidney disease that don't cause symptoms, but still should be treated with either medications or changes in diet, or just need to be closely monitored. And those would be things that a nephrologist or a kidney specialist can do. Typically, that's when someone's kidney function is getting down, you know, under 50%. So it sounds like there are things you can do to either prevent kidney disease or slow its progression. Absolutely. 
preventing might be a, a little more tricky. It's possible that if you've had certain you know, diseases like high blood pressure or diabetes long enough, you are going to see some effects on your kidneys, even with great control of diabetes and high blood pressure. So preventing the development of kidney disease, I'm not sure if that's possible yet or not. I'd like to think it is. But what I, I do believe is that we can prevent a lot more kidney failure. Okay, that's and, an important distinction to make then, it sounds like. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I do think with better, with better education, better awareness of kidney disease, which hopefully would lead to better control of diabetes, better control of high blood pressure. There's some new medications that have come out now that are really exciting about protecting people's kidneys in both diabetic patients as well as non-diabetic patients. All of those things, I hope, are, are going to come together to help prevent a lot more kidney failure so that fewer people have to go on dialysis. Perhaps we have those patients that do go on to have kidney failure. There's going to be more transplant organs available for them. But it starts with being aware, knowing that you have kidney disease so that it can be tracked. And hopefully knowing that you're having some effects on your kidneys adds to the motivation to get things like diabetes and high blood pressure under control. So what is the line sort of between kidney disease and kidney failure? When is that distinction made? So kidney failure is is that last stage of kidney disease. We also call it stage five chronic kidney disease. It is typically defined by people starting to have symptoms or abnormalities on their blood tests that are a result of the kidneys just not working well enough. It typically wouldn't develop before someone's kidney function is under 15%. Mm-hmm. But just being under 15% doesn't mean that you're in kidney failure. We typically go by symptoms or other problems with blood tests that we just can't manage with medications or changing someone's diet or things like that. As a result, the treatment for that would be dialysis or a kidney transplant if someone has been evaluated and is eligible for a kidney transplant. And so then dialysis as a treatment uh, is not a cure, correct? Dialysis is not a treatment for kidney disease. It is a treatment for kidney failure. It replaces what someone's kidney does, doesn't replace everything someone's kidney does. There's probably things that kidneys do that we still don't know, but it does perform those basic functions of cleaning someone's blood, making sure that they don't have too much fluid staying on their body, and hopefully keeping people feeling well enough to go about their daily lives. Yeah. We talk a lot about heart health and prostate health and breast health. A lot of these things we know we need to get checked for. We know we need to self-exam to sort of screen for. What needs to be done to help people think about their kidneys more? You mentioned some better education. What can we do to move kidney health up the list of priorities for people? I think it starts with those risk factors we talked about and making sure that someone is getting those screening tests, the blood test and urine tests. And more importantly, you're either looking at the results or asking questions about the results or understanding what those test results say about how your kidneys are doing. And if it does show that 
you potentially have had some kidney damage, understanding why and what you can do to try to prevent that from getting worse. Okay. So what do you suggest folks who are at risk ask their doctors next time they're in for a physical or an annual checkup? Well, anyone that has diabetes or high blood pressure or a family history of kidney disease should be asking their doctor, have you checked on my kidneys? How are they doing? And that would involve a blood test and a urine test. And then based on that, a discussion of what should we be doing right now? When should I think about seeing a kidney specialist and going from there? So it sounds like being an advocate for yourself can be helpful in maybe catching kidney disease before it progresses to that point of having symptoms. You know, primary care doctors are very knowledgeable about kidney disease, but right now we don't have direct treatments for kidney disease. A lot of what we do to protect someone's kidneys is focused on better control of diabetes and better control of high blood pressure. And so that's something your primary care doctor is focused on, whether you have kidney disease or not. And so I think just understanding if on top of everything else, there is some signs of kidney damage or or chronic kidney disease, knowing that it's being monitored, but sometimes with all of the things that you need to talk about in a primary care visit, it's the things that you're more directly managing or Mm -hmm. more directly treating like diabetes and high blood pressure that take the focus. And, and that's of course appropriate. Right. Um, but next thing you know, your 30 minute visit is, um, is over and, uh, we just haven't gotten to everything yet. So asking about kidneys is a way to, you know, to get that information. And this might be a silly question, or maybe it's even too technical. I'm not sure, but why is it that diabetes and high blood pressure affect the kidneys? Cause diabetes is a pancreas thing and high blood pressure is obviously a heart thing. Why does that affect kidneys and cause kidney disease? Uh, It's a great question. Probably the simplest answer, and and there's, I think, a lot that we still need to learn about the actual processes and mechanisms by which diabetes and high blood pressure affect kidney disease. But we know that both of those cause damage to blood vessels. Diabetes, for example, is the leading cause of blindness, and that's because it affects the small blood vessels in the back of our eye um, and can damage those blood vessels, and that can lead to blindness. People with diabetes also have a higher risk of having heart problems, again, because of the effects of diabetes on blood vessels in our body. The kidney is full of blood vessels. Blood comes to the kidney and passes through a huge number of small blood vessels so that it can be filtered and cleaned. And so those same effects on small blood vessels in the body, in the eye, in the heart, can affect those blood vessels in the kidney. High blood pressure is probably a similar process. Um, It can lead to damage to small blood vessels. So the kidney is a prime target for damage from diabetes and high, high blood pressure because of the effects on small blood vessels, which the kidney is full of. Yeah, that makes sense. It's all sort of interconnected. That's right. So if people have questions about their kidney health, about kidneys in general, where should they turn for reliable information? So they should start with their primary care doctor, but there are so many great resources available. The National Kidney Foundation of Illinois website is a great source of information about chronic kidney disease, about how to take care of your kidneys, about a kidney healthy diet, about a blood pressure healthy diet, lots of great information about 
other resources to, to support kidney health. If you do have kidney disease and, and need information about getting a transplant, you'll find a lot of information about that there as well. A lot of patient education resources on the NKFI website. But in addition to the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, there's a number of online resources available, American Association of Kidney Patients, the National Kidney Foundation, and many others. So lots of online resources. Other than that, there's lots of community events and health screening where you'll often see a booth devoted to kidney disease where you can pick up a brochure and learn a little more about kidney disease. Um, So lots of information available out there. It shouldn't be too hard to find it. Thank you. And thank you for the plug for NKFI. (laughs) <laughs> but I would say, uh, as much as uh, as much as I love the NKFI, everyone should be starting with their primary care doctor. Yeah, that's great advice. Your your doctor will know more about your specific needs right. and diagnosis, et cetera. And for most people, hopefully, provide some reassurance. Seeing a flag on a blood test report saying that maybe you have some abnormal kidney function, there's a lot of nuances, and that can be a little complicated. And before you've got visions of dialysis or a transplant in your head, talk to your primary care doctor. I think most people will be reassured after that, that there's a lot that can be done. And having kidney disease doesn't mean that dialysis is in your future. In fact, I would say for for most people with kidney disease, they don't need to go on dialysis. Okay, that's very helpful and reassuring to hear. If you think you might be at risk for developing kidney disease, talk to your primary care physician. You can learn more at the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois website, nkfi.org. Prevention is a big part of our mission at the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. That's why we like to offer a health and nutrition tip from our foundation dietitian, Dr. Melissa Prest. Here's today's health tip on managing diabetes. Diabetes is one of the leading causes of chronic kidney disease. It's a condition where your body cannot make enough insulin or is unable to use the insulin that's made. Insulin is a hormone that's produced by the islet cells in your pancreas to regulate your blood glucose. Long-term or not well-controlled diabetes can damage small blood vessels, which limits your kidney's ability to clean your blood well. Diabetes is monitored by the ABCs. A stands for checking your hemoglobin A1C and having it treated if it's high. E stands for blood pressure. It's important to monitor and treat high blood pressure. And C stands for cholesterol. Monitor and treat high cholesterol. If you are someone living with diabetes, a lot of the day-to-day management of it is in your control. Here are 10 important ways you can make a big impact on your diabetes health. Make healthy food choices. Create a healthy meal plan or get the help of a registered dietitian to create a plan that's right for you. Be physically active and get an exercise to help control your blood pressure, blood sugar, and lower your cholesterol. Take all of your medications as prescribed. Keep a logbook with your blood sugar numbers and take that book to your doctor appointments. Watch for symptoms or changes in your health and communicate that with your healthcare team. If you're feeling overwhelmed or need more support, talk with your healthcare team to discuss options. Ask questions so that you feel confident in your ability to care for yourself. Talk with others who are living with diabetes and find support to help you. Get tested for chronic kidney disease at least once a year. Stay informed and keep learning so that you can manage your chronic health condition. 
With today's health tip, I'm Melissa Press, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.